0: Derrick Henry who? The Packers move on to 12 and 3 as they hold the big scary Derrick Henry to under 100 yards and their two rushers combined for a total of 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. I'm Joey of Underage Packers. Let's recap that Titans game in episode 51. Today. good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Oh, somebody's been on Twitter. Um hey. Look, there is a lot of season to play out, a lot of playoffs to play out. But that is a game where 10 years from now, a few years from now, uh, even a few months from now, where if the Packers end up winning a Super Bowl or even make the Super Bowl, you will look back at this game and say, that is when I knew they could do it. You wanted a sexy win against a good team? There you have it. You wanted a four-quarter game of complimentary football? There you have it. Alright, we're going to be taking a look at the offense, the defense, how both of them performed, uh, and then kind of what were the keys, what what did the Packers do well, what we're looking at in the MVP race, the playoff race, all of that good stuff. And it's the most exciting, most wonderful time of the year to be a Packers fan and a football fan. So let's let's start off with this game, the offense. First off, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football, and I am so glad he is on the Green Bay Packers. I mean... The, the point when you're at, the point that we're at right now is when Aaron Rodgers throws that ball up in the fourth quarter on that final drive before we're in victory formation, when he throws that arc up there, that beautiful pass up there, and you know Devontae Adams is going to catch it in your mind, that's when you know, like, okay, I think it's time to crown him. I think it's time to say he's top two and he ain't two officially. That's all I have to say. Um, uh, A second-round pick in 2013, he struggled through his first two years, and now here he is. You know, and that's just have patience with your draft picks. That was a big theme last night. Um, I think I think the greatest example of it was AJ Dillon rushing for 124 yards on 21 carries. I mean, this kid is special. You You know, just the the time and the amount. Of anger and frustration, uh, the so-called analysts put out on their on Twitter these past few months on the off season, nothing to go off of. And you here at Underage Packers, we here at Underage Packers, me and Big B were here all off season saying, "Have patience with the plan, trust the process, have patience with your draft picks, give them promise, have faith in them." And here we are. AJ Dillon is the future. It was not a particularly Good night for the future of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, not good for his short-term or long-term with the Packers, unfortunately for my good friend Big B. Aaron Jones, not too good for his long-term. And you're like, look at us, A.J. (laughs) Dillon, you know, Brian Guldikin is sitting there in round 2 of the draft. Everybody's calling him to take a wide receiver. He sits there and says, "You know what? I have two of my running backs coming up on a contract year. I don't like any of these wide receivers on the board right now. I'm going to I'm not going to reach for those wide receivers. Instead, I'm going to take someone that I know can help out my team. I like the way he plays. I've been scouting him for the past four years long with my excellent scouting team." Let's pull the trigger on him, and he came out to play last night. I'm so excited to see what he can add in the playoffs, and I feel like he was that missing piece. Uh, Not that the Packers' offense was slow or anything or was having struggles, um, to say the least, but he can really be a guy where if some things are falling off, if Rodgers is for some reason having a bad game, you can throw A.J. Dillon in there. If Aaron Jones is having a bad game, let's let's uh, focus more of the carries on A.J. Dillon. I'm so excited for this run game heading into the playoffs. I don't want to talk about Aaron Jones' contract here. I'm going to miss him. Um, but what a game for A.J. Dillon. Um, it sucks that he couldn't have a breakout game in the divisional playoffs because now he's going to put that out there. But, you know, what can you do? I'm not going to complain about a 124-yard performance for a rookie. So uh, another great performance last night from Aaron Rodgers, another MVP performance, uh, 253 yards, four touchdowns. He did have an interception near the end, a rating of, I believe, maybe somewhere around 110, 115, somewhere around that. Let's take a quick look at the MVP race right now. Aaron Rodgers with a total of 4,059 yards, 44 touchdowns, five interceptions, 119.4 pass rating and a 69.6 completion percentage. That is absolutely incredible. Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs net net 4,740 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 108.2 passer rating, and a completion percentage of 67.3. So outside of yards, Rodgers is beating Mahomes in everything. It's a close rate... In I mean, it's not a close race outside of interceptions. Mahomes only having one more. Um, But Mahomes also leads the league in dropped interceptions. I mean, he literally almost gave that game away to the Falcons. Um, We'll talk a little bit about that game a little bit later. And, yes, I'll find a way to tie it to the Packers and the national media and all that good stuff. Um, But right now, these two guys are playing at an extremely high level. Uh, And Big B said a few weeks ago, to win the MVP, Rodgers has to ball out. He has to do great in primetime games. And Mahomes has to have one or two iffy games. Mahomes has had those one or two iffy games. Has Rogers, Did Rodgers ball out in Carolina? Not necessarily. Has But has he been playing his best football this month? Absolutely. Um, and that's going to be a big thing. Now, uh, speaking about December football, I saw this interesting stat for myself. You know, I just did some research here. Um, in the month of December, that's when you want to be playing your best football. Currently in the NFC, um, here's what the records are looking like. How, here's how they played in the month of December this year. The Packers sitting at top at 4-0. and The Seahawks 3-1. and uh, the Rams three, uh, two and two, and the Saints two and two. And now, before you uh, come out here with well, the Packers had an easy schedule. I know Packers fans aren't going to say that because they're smart, but you know some idiots uh, on Twitter and Instagram would like to add that comment. Um, the the Rams and Seahawks played the Jets. The Saints lost to a team, the same team that the Packers beat in the same month. So I don't want to hear this. Sure, Chiefs is a tough battle for the Saints. Sure. But look, all I'm saying is this isn't an argument uh, where you can put in uh, easy schedule comments right there. All right. Uh, so, So as we're on the topic of awards, let's talk about two more awards that I think Packers... Uh, Packers players or coaches should get heavy consideration for offensive player of the year. Unfortunately, with two quarterbacks playing at a very high level, it's going to be hard uh, for it not to be like a second place prize for MVP. Uh, and I think honestly, Mahomes might deserve offensive player of the year more than he does MVP. Um, but you know, if those two quarterbacks weren't playing that high. Devontae Adams would be an easy pick for offensive player of the year. I mean, seven touch seventeen touchdowns on the year, missing two and a half games. Nobody has been able to stop him. An average gain for Devontae Adams is over a hundred yards, at least a touchdown in there, uh, and eight receptions. I'm literally not even joking. That is what he's averaging this year. Um unbelievable. Um I mean, I've talked about having patience with your draft picks, uh, having patience with wide receivers specifically plenty, but Devontae Adams, enjoy his days as a Packer. I'm not saying they're numbered, but all I'm saying is enjoy his days as a Green Bay Packer. Coach of the year. Now, Matt LaFleur is going to get shipped every year because Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He has Aaron Rodgers. Now, while I get that, in 2018... Was Aaron Rodgers playing like Aaron Rodgers? In 2019, was Aaron Rodgers playing like 2020 Aaron Rodgers? I mean, this is—if uh, if we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur has come in here, and even in 2016, without that six-game stretch, you take that away, and Rodgers was not playing well. Matt LaFleur has come in here. He's been able to transform Aaron Rodgers into a, a new player. Uh, and that's, and I say a new player because it's a different playing style than in his previous two MVP years. You know, he, he was known for extending the play, getting the ball out quick. But Aaron Rodgers now is buying into the system. I wouldn't say he's necessarily a pocket passer, but he is not going to run around for 20 seconds, 10 seconds, uh, and end up throwing a 50-yard bomb. Sure, we'll see that every once in a while, but he's just not that type of player at this age. He's bought into Matt LeFleur's system. Here we are now. um, I mean, if we're talking about turning around teams, which is usually what uh, is worded or considered heavily for Coach of the Year, Matt Lafleur took a team that missed the playoffs for the two years. For two years in a row, who had a streak of eight years, I believe. He took that team and he brought them to now, it's about to be 13-3, and two years in a row. I mean, a 6-9-1 2018 team, and now we're here at, he's going to be 26-6 and um, through the first two years of his regular season, unbelievable. And, you know, you sit back there and you're like, wow, I'm so glad Brian Gudekins, Mark Murphy took the chance on a young coach instead of going with a guy like Adam Gase. Um, uh, Brian Flores would have been okay. But, you know, there's a lot of guys in that 2019 coaching carousel who aren't doing to, too good now. Uh, we got a gym in Matt LeFleur. All right, now, on the defensive side of the ball, let me get a drink of water here, a lot of a lot of great talk about the Green Bay Packers today, but the defensive side of the ball. What a game from Rashawn, Gary, and Darnell Savage. Rashawn, Gary especially, Darnell Savage getting it into his own form. Uh, look, man, I should really just title this uh, episode Patience. You know, you got to have a lot of patience with waiting for a sexy win, waiting for a blowout, when waiting for the playoffs, waiting for your draft picks to develop. All I got to say, Rashawn Gary had an excellent game. I mean, without some of those plays, Derrick Henry could have broke one or two uh, off or more. Rashawn Gary did an excellent job. Uh, He's always in the pocket, it seemed like. Uh, Darnell Savage in the secondary, he got his interception, had another one that he dropped. Uh, Great pass coverage along with Jair Alexander. I mean, Jair... Ryan Tannehill had to take his chances, you know? Like, I think at a certain point with cornerbacks, you're like, I got to take a chance, you know? I got to throw it to my number one wide receiver, even if you're Ryan Tannehill and your arm is not the best. Uh, And Jair Alexander was not happy with that. He shut it down easily, uh, getting the reflections. uh, Besides that one curl route uh, that Tannehill had to A.J. Brown, I believe. I mean, that's a physical wide receiver right there, Jair Alexander. Uh, had some trouble defending that one, uh, but he was able to bring him down, fortunately. Uh, once again, a big, big night for Brian Gutekind's draft picks. Holding Derrick Henry to 98 yards is incredible. Uh, that's what me and Big B and me and Wes, a lot of people, you know, we're, we're all scared of the big, mean, scary Derrick Henry. Here we are. Um, here we are is my new catchphrase, apparently. Uh, and we just said, you know what? Derrick Henry might rush for 100 yards. He might rush for 90 yards. He might run for 150 for all we know. But the Packers need to find a way to win even if Derrick Henry is allowed to do that. I mean, they were able to they were able to score fast, get off to a quick start like the Browns did uh, against Tennessee and, you know, for some reason, the Titans just kept on running with him. I don't know if it was because they didn't feel confidence in Ryan Tannehill's arm in that condition. But they kept on handing it off to him. They weren't able to score quick enough. And the Packers offense always had answers. The point of this game that I pinpoint is that uh, after coming out of the second half, the Titans get the ball, I believe. Um, the Titans get the ball. They make it 14 to 19 and this you can pinpoint right here. When the game is at fourteen and nineteen, that is where the Packers crumble. Even at seven and nineteen. This is where the Packers have crumbled time and time again as a whole. However, the Packers went out and responded just like matt Lafleur said in his press conference there was a point in that game where we wanted to see how our team responded to adversity there we go boom that's how you respond to adversity you give aaron jones a 40 yard run you give a touchdown to Devontae adams and you got an easy three play drive extending your lead once again absolutely incredible for me, the biggest factor in this game was the weather. And that's not an excuse. That's not me saying, well, if the weather wasn't there, the Titans wouldn't have won this game. And, you know, and that's stupid for anyone that says that. Like, yes, home field advantage. Have you ever heard of it, Dippo? I don't know what that term means. I probably shouldn't be throwing around terms. I kind of just made it up. But, you know, that that's why the Packers are playing for home field advantage. That's why they're going to do everything in their power uh, next week against Chicago so they can get a home field advantage and have the playoffs run through uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm so excited for it. Um, And, and, you know, I'd be fine if we have uh, three to five inches of snow for every playoff game here. All right, let's wrap up that performance last night. That is a defense where even if the offense is off that game, if the defense plays like that, they can get some key stops on some electric offenses. They can get some uh, turnovers. They they had a chance for three turnovers last night. Probably could have had more. Um, as a defense, you know, you can rely on them. You can count on them. And you look at the other side of the ball, and the offense is playing fantastic. Dropping 30 burgers, 40 burgers here week in and week out. You love to see it. Okay, now this is a game where a lot of national media narratives got shut down to the ground. Uh, Are the Packers a Super Bowl team? Are Are you kidding me? I don't see how you look at that game last night and say they aren't a team that everybody should be terrified of in the playoffs. And speaking of this term Super Bowl team, is it legal to be critical of the Chiefs? All that we've been talking about all this year is how big, bad, and scary the Kansas City Chiefs are at 14 and one. Uh, I, I mean, they were a kick away, uh, a, a kick made away from going to overtime with the Falcons. They only beat the Broncos by six, only beat the Panthers by two. Wow, it's almost like not every game can be a blowout in a perfect game. It's almost like the other side of the ball is being paid to play football too. It's almost like Every single team has weakness and holes. Like, I don't get how this is the idea that every, every team that's going to win the Super Bowl is going to win every game by 25. Sure, you can be fair to criticize a performance like Carolina in the third and fourth quarter. You can criticize a performance like Indy or Detroit in the third quarter. But... I just don't understand how you look at what the Packers have been able to do this season, uh, and you say they aren't a Super Bowl contender Alright, speaking about playoffs here, we're getting into it. I'm super excited for our episodes coming out during the playoffs. Uh, hopefully, Big B can be with us for all those episodes. We're probably going to have two guests for every episode. Uh, And, uh, dude, uh, Super Bowl, I know you guys don't care, but Super Bowl, I just have amazing content plans. Hopefully, we make it there. One day, we will. All right, so the Packers, they can clinch a first seed this upcoming week with a win against Chicago or a Seattle loss. Now, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, Chicago game in a little bit here. Uh, The Packers can earn the second seed or they will earn a second seed, not that we necessarily want to, but they can earn a second seed uh, with a loss to Chicago plus a Seattle loss plus a Saints loss. Now, they will earn the third seed with a loss against Chicago plus a Seattle win plus a Saints win. Um, Now, there's a lot of stuff there. If the Seahawks win, but the Saints lose, the Packers will still end up with the second seed there. Um, There's a lot to play out. It's going to be exciting, though. We will know where the Packers stand in the NFC playoffs come 6-25. We don't know if the Packers will be playing on January 10th or not. Uh, I'm super excited, though, Um, this Bears game coming up. I mean, look, I cannot think of a better way to end the year than the two oldest rivals facing off against each other. One has to to win to get in the first seed or doesn't have to. One has to win to get in the playoffs. I mean, that is amazing, incredible television right there. I hope the Packers come out on top, obviously. Let's get this win. Let's get uh, a playoff run through Lambeau. I am ready, people. I hope you are. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening to this episode. I have been Joey of Underage Packers. There's my professional little outro. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go Pack Go. We'll be